Engaging conversation on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Hello, everybody. It's Brian Kemper here with Pro-Life is the new punk rock. Uh, I am the director of Stand True Pro-Life Outreach, the youth outreach of Priests for Life. Um, I want to tell you I have an amazing guest today. Uh, We are going to be talking about a very controversial subject. We're going to be talking about direct action. We're talking about street activism, but specifically rescue. And um, this is something that has been a part of my life since my beginning in the pro-life movement. And it's something that's making a comeback. And uh, we're going to kind of go over exactly what it was in the beginning, what it is now. But Teresa Bukovinak, uh from POW, Progressive Anti-Abortion Uprising, has recently rescued several times and is my guest today. Teresa, how we doing? Hey, doing good. I'm not in jail right now. Thanks, Brian, for having me on. That's a, that's a good thing. I, You know, as much as I've rescued, I still hate jail. I still hate jail. But uh, so... Teresa, before we get into this, um, we, both of us, okay, this this topic of rescue is a very hot issue in the pro-life movement. Um, it was in the beginning when I first began to rescue back in, in the day. So I'm going to give a little backstory of how I got involved in rescue. Um, I was with a friend. He was a lead singer of a band called Precious Death, a Christian uh, metal band, uh, the name Precious Death for us was about the precious death of, of Jesus. So we were at a men's breakfast in Los, downtown Los Angeles. And I had always heard about Rescue. I'd seen Randall Terry speak, Jeff White. I'd, I'd, I'd heard about it. My friend who used to drive me to church every Sunday would always tell me stories about Rescue, but I'd never been to one. I'd never done one. And I, this was a Saturday morning during what we call Holy Week, which is Easter week. Um, and which was a huge time for rescue back in the early days of rescue. So here is this, we're talking, I believe 1989, 90. I mean, we're talking early days, uh, maybe 90, yeah, 90, 91, right around that time. So my, I'm, I'm, I just turned 55. My memory's not the best as, <laughs> as it was before, but, uh, so it's right around that time. And I, we show up at this uh, her medical clinic in downtown Los Angeles. And there was probably about a thousand people there, Teresa. And mostly the the two sides that were split, you had the pro-abortion side and the pro-life side. And the pro-abortion side had gotten there first and surrounded the abortion mill and created this human tunnel for them so they could escort women into the abortion mill. And the pro-lifers were mostly on the outside. Now, there was a group called ACT UP which was there on the pro-abortion side. And they had a half-naked woman on a cross to try to deter Christians, you know, because like, oh my gosh, there's boobs or something. And they thought that would deter us from saving babies. (laughs) Uh, I don't think we're afraid of boobs. So, but they were, they'd come up and they'd say the most disgusting things in uh, about what they want to do to Jesus and stuff. It was just typical antics of of this side to try to scare away christians and such so i'm just kind of standing watching i'm I'm, i see the pro-lifers i see the pro-abortion and i'm you know big guy tattoos i had a mohawk i was crazy looking no one had ever seen me at a pro-life event before 
And the other side, the pro board saw me standing there. They said, dude, you're big, man. We could use you at the door. And I'm like, oh, okay. So they literally, they, they escort me through the crowd and station me to, to hold the door open. And they were about to bring in the very first person uh, for an abortion. And as soon as that happened, now I, I knew nobody from staff. I knew nobody from anywhere. I just knew what I knew happened. So as soon as they did that, I grabbed both sides of the door, clamped my arms in it, and just kind of hunkered down. And the girl, they stopped escorting her. They turned her around, and then she kind of ran off the other way. And she ended up, we found out later, talking to sidewalk counselors and keeping her baby. But all of a sudden, the police come in. They handcuff me, and they take me out. And I'm like, okay, I guess I just rescued, you know. And it's funny (laughs) Later that day, my friend Elisa, she was videotaping from the outside. She had no idea what was going on. I was in there, any of this. She's just videotaping, and she's like, you you see the video. She's talking. She's, oh, there comes the first woman. Oh, no, they're taking her in. Wait, she's she's leaving. She's running out. Oh, she's, she's, she's leaving. Oh, the police are going in. Something's going on. Why are all these police coming in? Oh, here they come. Oh, my God, it's Brian. That's all you hear on the video. <laughs> And Jeff White actually goes to the police chief because no pro-lifers were going to arrest. We're actually going to physically risk arrest that day. And he's like, uh, you got one of mine in there. And the, the police chief's like, Jeff, no, no, he's not one of you guys. And Jeff goes, yeah, the Mohawk guy with the tattoos, he's one of us. And the police chief just laughed and they let me go. Because Jeff explained to him. But that was my first thing. And you know, it's a funny story and everything, but what rescue really is and what it really was to start, it was here is a building where if these children make it into this building, their lives are over. They will be killed. These are children living safely in their mother's womb. Yet, if they get into this building, someone is going to take their body and rip it limb from limb. And what we said is, I am willing to lay my life down. I am willing to sit down with a group of people to stop these children from being able to get to the murderer inside. And a lot of times what happened was the sidewalk counselors would talk to these women because we'd buy hours of time. You know, they would they would be the the, the abortion mill would be closed down for sometimes all day, you know, hours at a time. And the counselors would be able to talk to these women. And so many times these women would change their mind and end up keeping their baby. The first time Jeff and I did this actually in Australia, there were 12 women that showed up. Nine of them changed their mind. Nine human beings were saved. Yes, there were times where we were beaten by police. There were times where nunchucks were used maced in the face, um, punched, kicked, uh, all of these things. But none of that mattered because if I was okay with, with laying my life down, I was fine with whatever happened to me because what I saw was an injustice so disturbing, so bad. Like imagine just this precious, innocent little baby and then all of a sudden, a, a metal clamp rips its arm off. Like when you when you say it for what it actually is, when you actually describe it, most people are like, oh, no, 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 no. 
because that's that's what it is. And so we were willing to lay our lives down. I've been to jail. I had a, a 30, 30 day sentence. I've had other sentences and it didn't matter to me because I know that human beings are alive today. In fact, from a rescue event, I know of someone who, who emailed me a couple of years ago that said to thank me for their grandchild, for their grandchild, because I talked to his wife and she ended up keeping her baby. And now they have a grandbaby and thanked me for, for the life of their grand. Like that, that was like, I, I cried. I absolutely cried. Um, which is, you, you know, I'm a crier. So, <laughs> but Teresa, when did you first hear, cause this was a long time ago and I'm a little bit older than you. When did you first hear about rescue? What was your first thought? What was the first uh, introduction to what a rescue is for you? Uh, well, I came into the movement as a leftist, as an atheist. Um, so I came in as an outsider and, you know, I vaguely knew about some activism that had occurred in the 1980s and 90s that was mostly frowned upon in the pro-life movement. And my impression was whatever was happening back in the 80s and 90s, um, well, that had just, you know, become violent or it was like about terrorism. And it was just something that I was taught initially to avoid at all costs. Um, but I didn't really understand the history of the movement mm -hmm. at all. Um, that was just kind of the culture that I came into, especially within leftist circles. It's like, you know, the tactics that were used in the 80s and 90s were too aggressive and the movement is working to kind of um, dismantle some of what happened then in order to be a victorious movement. So I really bought into that um, for quite a while um, until I did start meeting people who had formerly rescued like Jeff White. And... Um, it softened my my opinion of rescue a little bit, or at least people who were engaged in rescue. Um, and I did this training for the Leadership Institute's conservative organization, um, but they handed me this book at the training called Rules for Radicals by Saul Alinsky. It's a very uh, controversial book, but that book really opened my eyes to a different type of activism. I think up until that point, my work in the pro-life movement really focused around uh, learning apolo apologetics about being able to make sound arguments and have like really respectful and productive conversations. Um, but this book introduced me to concepts like creating social tension and the need for that and, um, you know, creating an enemy or, or things that seemed negative on the surface. Um, but the more I learned about rules for radicals and social justice movements in general, the more I realized these types of disruptive tactics are part of a science, a broader science about making social change. And what I learned is that social change um, usually only comes about two ways, either violent warfare or through nonviolent direct action. And what I also learned is that nonviolent direct action is statistically more successful than yes. traditional warfare. And so this was like, you know, this was pretty mind blowing for me. And my activism up, up until that point had not reflected any of these truths that I was reading about. I was reading about Gene Sharp 
I met Lauren Handy in these years, who also she's the one who introduced me actually to Gene Sharp and introducing me to the idea of direct action. Mm -hmm. And um, and then eventually I met Randall Terry and it you know just over the years I've learned so much more and finally kind of got over my fear about being arrested, decided to kind of join up with a Red Rose Rescue. Um, to learn what it's about. And that's about all it took. After that, I think about a month later, uh, we did our first Pink Rose Rescue, or maybe it was a few months later. And we've done about 12 of them, I think, across the country in eight different states uh, in less than a year. You know, it's it's um, it's it's amazing to me to see people f see re realizing the power of what rescue did and, and what it can do still. Um, in those days, I was just a single guy, you know, no kids, no nothing. And I didn't care. Like I, I, I had roommates, like I, I, I could go to jail and it didn't bother me. I mean, I hate jail, absolutely hate jail. But I also know that me serving, you know, 30 days in a, in a jail versus the life of a human being, you know, you can't compare it. The life is so much more important. Um, one of my favorite stories, though, is is from going to jail. So I was in Los Angeles, and uh, I was, I believe, the rescue had been uh, at Huntington Park. Was the rescue that that this had happened at, and this this was one where we were pretty brutalized by police. I mean, I I had um, my arms behind my back, and I was laying flat on the face first in the cement. An officer came and just pulled my hands to lift my arms away from my body and pulled me up in the air by my arms behind my back. That's one of the most painful positions and dropped me face first on the cement. Um, he did this because originally we were sitting in front of the door and they lifted us up and put us off to the side and then kind of walked away for a minute. So we crawled back to the door and they were pretty ticked off. Um, but we were maced um, and it was it was a brutal rescue, but, but babies were saved that day, which was an amazing thing. And um, I remember like even there was one officer, though, he we were in the back of the paddy wagon and we were just sweating and filthy and cuffed. He came back and we noticed he wasn't doing anything to the rescuers. He kind of stood back. He came into the paddy wagon and took bottles of water and gave us drinks of water each one of us to make sure that we were hydrated. He brought pizza to the jail cell that we were being held in to feed us. Um, one amazing officer, but we, I got sentenced to 30 days in LA County jail. Now the work farm uh, in LA County out by magic mountain is no picnic. It's not a fun place to be. Uh, they're the dormitory barracks. And maybe sometimes you'll see uh, an officer or a guard every hour, but, there's a lot of things that go on there that are pretty scary. And the uh, basically Mexican mafia was running that 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 jail. And so here I am in this cell, this barrack at the very end with the head of this gang. The head of this gang is in there. And I walked outside of the barracks and I sat down on a bench and I got surrounded by probably 20 something members of this gang. And he comes up and he's like, what are you in here for, white boy? What's going on? Why are you in here? And uh, I, I just basically, I said, well, I was arrested for praying in front of uh, a building. And he's like, oh, yeah, right. 
what's what's that tattoo that that on your arm and he, I, he was like he thought it was a satanic star i'm like it's a star of david it's actually he goes why would they arrest you for praying i said well i was praying against abortion i was blocking the doors of an abortion mill and he just stood up he's like you're against abortion essay i'm like yeah that's why i'm in here He's like, my old lady was going to get an abortion. And he said something I shouldn't repeat. He goes, but nobody's going to kill my baby. Nobody kill nobody. And this guy, the head of this big Mexican gang, called out to the whole place and said, nobody touches this guy right here. Nobody. And I had full protection and walked around completely safe for those 30 days until I was get out. Even the head of a gang who is involved in all kinds of things, understood the value of human life and said nobody would kill his baby. So as much as I hated jail, I also saw some something beautiful come out of that. So it was it was great for me. What was your first time in jail like, Teresa? <laughs> um, it was okay. I, you know, we we shouldn't be scared of jail. It's not the easiest thing I've ever done, but it's certainly not the hardest. And I think, you know, a lot of the tactics that were used by Operation Rescue, um, you know, we are going to continue to use those types of tactics. But there are other ways that we mm -hmm. can still do rescue while reducing our risk and, and ensuring that yes, even absolutely. if we go to jail, we don't go to jail for very long. I think, you know, the, the level of police brutality that's experienced is still there. Um, the police still do brutalize rescuers if they go limp. But you know, it doesn't mean that you have to go limp. You can walk out of your own volition. So there, I want people to know that, you know, there's not a, a purity standard in rescue. You don't have to suffer like the most that you can. We just, the reason this is important and it is important for mm -hmm. us to understand the history of our movement, this history of rescue and nonviolent direct action, Operation Rescue mobilized thousands of people outside tens clinics. of thousands yeah tens of thousands there were more than seventy-five thousand arrests during the height of operation rescue that is far more than any other social justice movement in the history yeah. of our country the civil rights movement saw between three and four thousand arrests this is a monumental part of not just the pro-life history but of world history because what the rescuers did is they mobilized an entire demographic. Uh, Christian evangelicals were not active in the political world before the rescue movement. Most evangelicals did not see politics as a part of their faith. That changed after the mobilization of the Christian right, the religious right, during the years of rescue and on the abortion issue. There is mm -hmm. so much power in this cause and our ability to mobilize through rescue. Rescue is what brought people out because you do have that experience of personally helping stop the murder of someone else and you're contributing in a massive way to major social change. We just overturned Roe versus Wade, but we have to outlaw abortion in all 50 states. We wouldn't even be in a position of being able to overturn Roe versus Wade if Operation Rescue hadn't mobilized the Christian right to create a pro-life political party in the first place. This is how we win. So we have to find new and unique tactics 
in order to make that possible. But what we need is people willing to go to jail and willing to break the law because that's what rescue is. Rescue is a nonviolent way of doing warfare in which a person challenges an existing law in order to put their body in between an abortionist and a baby that they're about to kill. We are a movement full of diverse creative minds and we are going to come up with very unique ways of challenging laws, of, of demonstrating our disobedience to a culture that kills babies. That's what makes social change. So the moral of the story is don't be afraid of jail. You won't go for very long. And like Brian said, it's, I went to ultimately just for two days. We saved five babies the day of the rescue in Alexandria. Absolutely worth it. You guys. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I apologize. And, and I wanted to also bring up though, but you don't have to go to jail. Like there are so many things you could do to support rescue and be there as a counselor, as other things for people who that may not feel comfortable with that. There are, there are ways to, to go there. And also usually there's a warnings given and at the third warning, you could get up and walk away and you're fine. And you've given time for that. There's other things. I'm not sitting there telling everyone you have to go get arrested. I just want to make that very clear. There's ways to get involved in such. You should get arrested. I have an yeah. important goal because we do yeah. want to challenge this. But system. we're not there for the reason of getting arrested. We're there for the reason of saving a human life. It, That's the it's actual. Both. It's both because, and there's going to be other reasons people come to rescue. Mm -hmm. A lot of people rescue out of like pure identification and solidarity with the unborn. Some people oh, rescue uh, because of blood guiltiness or the feeling of uh, needing to repent for all the years of inaction. Some people rescue because they're trying to create social tension, which is absolutely necessary for visibility, for the babies, and for us ultimately being able to see victory. So I think we, the, the past of rescue is, you know, very much about blood guiltiness. And then, you know, the, re, the reemergence of rescue in 2017 with Red Rose Rescue, very much about identifying with the babies and solidarity yeah. with suffering um, from a religious perspective. Pink Rose Rescue brings in a, a secular um, uh, way of entering, uh, accessing rescue. But the reality is that the future of rescue has to encompass all of that and more. We have to embrace the diversity of reasons why we are going to save these babies because ultimately babies will be saved and our movement will be able to move forward and effectively end abortion in all 50 states. And, and something that should be addressed to Christians because a lot of Christians don't like the whole break the law thing. They think that that's something that's there. And and I, I've, I've challenged them on things like, well, so are we saying that Rosa Parks was wrong for breaking the law? Are we saying that that those that, that marched to Selma, Alabama were wrong for breaking the law? Are we saying that that uh, that Oscar Schindler was was wrong for breaking German law and saving so many? Are we there are so many examples in history where people broke a law to save human lives to because that law was unjust. And when a law is in place that says it's okay to take a baby and and murder that child and and in their life, I do not respect that law. And and I will not 
I, I will not let that loss stop me from peacefully putting myself in between the baby and the killer. And, and that's, that's what rescue was for me. Um, and, and I didn't care about breaking a law for that. I was, I've been arrested for praying, kneeling and praying in front of the white house because they're not going to tell me I can't kneel and pray in a public spot. I'm not forcing someone else to pray, but if I'm going to kneel and pray and, and they're going to arrest me for it, so be it. I, I'd rather follow what I know is right than an unjust law. And that's really any law, any law that says it's okay to kill another innocent human being is an unjust law. And therefore I don't believe need needs to be followed. So just to clarify, I'm not saying let's go out and be lawbreakers. Let's go out and, you know, we're talking about unjust laws that result in bloodshed <laughs> of innocent human beings. That's what we're really talking about. We've got about three or four minutes left. Uh, this goes by so quick. Um, Teresa, uh, this, this movement, I, I don't believe is over. And I believe that, yes, we're going to see um, absolutely more rescues and more babies being saved. I, I think that a lot of people have this idea, oh, Roe versus Wade was overturned. Okay, we won. Let's go home. Let's go on to the next thing. Uh, I've said to everybody, whether you're a sports fan, you understand the term preseason versus regular season. Everything we've done up to now was preseason. Everything we've done up to now was preseason. Now the real season starts and we've got a lot of work to do and we're going to continue to fight. And I, I was talking uh, yesterday in Michigan to some interns and one of your friends, Carolyn, um, about th these, these newbies coming into this movement, these young people. I said, man, one thing that you have a blessing that we didn't really have and I didn't have when I first came in is the diversity of this movement. And I, I think, like you said, when I first came in this movement, there was no punk rock tattooed. Like they thought I was just crazy being pro-life. But I love the diversity of this movement. I love what POW is doing. I, I love what so many different groups are doing and coming together. And we may not have the exact same beliefs on religion or, or other stuff. But what we do agree on, Teresa, is that innocent human life should always be protected. And that if it's not going to be protected by the masses, if it's not going to be protected by law, then I'm willing to protect it myself. And that's really what rescue is. And that's why you have done it. That's why so many have done it. Um, but Teresa, we're just about out of time. Um, I want to thank you. We're going to have you back on. Um, POW, what's your website? P-A-A-U-Now.org. POWNow.org. And please follow Teresa and Pow on social media, TikTok and Instagram. And uh, we've done collab. Uh, we just did a collab Instagram uh, thing the other day with Kristen Turner and the AOC fake arrest, <laughs> which love I loved it. and such. But uh, I appreciate you. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and close this in prayer and I'll be right back. I just uh, want to remind viewers oh, yes. that abortion is murder, so act like it. Amen. Amen. Uh, Father God, I thank you for this time that you've given us. I thank you for my friend Teresa and all of the members of POW and for what they're doing and sacrificing. And I pray that you that you protect them and protect anybody uh, that may end up in jail because they were willing to give their lives for the for the sake of the unborn. And uh, we just ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Teresa, I appreciate you you being here, and I hopefully will be joining you in some activism soon out in the streets. But until then, 
keep doing what you're doing. Keep saving babies. And we'll see you next time on Pro-Life is the New Punk Rock. Thanks, Brad. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.